But I really like this idea that your dream job doesn't exist and you have to create your dream job actively. Welcome to From the Dorm Room to the Boardroom, a podcast where we provide insights, tips, and inspiration for college students and young professionals so they can make a really successful transition from college life to the professional world and beyond. My name is Andy Malinsky, and I'm your host. I'm also a professor of organizational behavior and international management at Brandeis University's International Business School, where we record and produce this podcast. Okay, today's guest is Selena Sue, who is a publicity and marketing strategist for entrepreneurs, experts, and authors who want to reach millions with their messages. She's helped clients and Students get featured in places like O, The Oprah Magazine, Forbes, Inc., and also land interviews on popular podcasts and national TV. In fact, many of Selena's clients have become industry leaders with you know, very successful businesses, fan bases, and, and, and hundreds of thousands of followers. Um, her, her signature approach, which I think is really interesting, comes down to building powerful and long-lasting relationships with influencers and uh, the media in, in, a, in a thoughtful and authentic way. And so Selena's um, uh, lived in New York City for 18 years and just recently moved to Puerto Rico. And right before uh, we started this, uh, she showed me a, uh, through, through video a great image of where she is and it's beautiful out there. And anyways, I especially now thank you for taking this time, uh, Selena, to speak with thank us. Thank you, Andy. I'm so happy to be here. So tell us a bit about what you do. Um, and I guess to tell us, um, you know, for, for people who don't know who influencers are or who, who, why, why someone would want to work with you, just give us a uh, sort of like a, a basic sense of what your, what your job is. Sure. So I work with entrepreneurs, in particular people who are experts, authors, coaches, consultants, um, who are doing great work in the world. And they want more people to know who they are because maybe they're working with a handful of people, but they know that what they're offering is so important that literally thousands, if not millions of people could benefit from that. Um, So I help them get the word out about the work that they're doing. Um, I also teach them how to get clients and really how to design their business so they can scale and impact more lives. So that's in the form of, you know, sometimes it's coaching or consulting. Other times people would join me um, in an online course or at an event. But yeah, I'm really passionate about helping these entrepreneurs who are doing amazing things go from feeling like this hidden gem that no one knows about and then becoming a household name in their niche. Wow. And, and, and so uh, just, a, just a moment before we get into how your sort of your story and your education, yeah. what about this sort of is, is, is particularly meaningful for you? Yeah. I mean, I guess it does actually connect to my story a little bit. So when I was um, in my mid-20s living in New York City, I had this quarter-life crisis. And, you know, things were okay on the outside. But on the inside, I just felt so miserable. I, I felt like I was dying. I, I became clinically depressed. And I discovered this women's life coaching group because I was desperate for a way to start feeling better. I was just feeling confused with my life. And um, through that life coaching group, I learned about all these amazing experts and authors and thought leaders. And I just felt like more people need to know who these people exist because oftentimes when we're suffering and we're in pain, we can actually get ourselves out of it. And I felt like there was nothing more motivating 
than having these thought leaders show us like there's another way to, you know, there, there's a way to find your purpose, to heal your health, to start a new job, to go for your dreams, to, you know, find the relationship that you want. And so um, initially I was just like very passionate about getting the message out about people who were doing work that could transform people's lives. And so I started, you know, developing the skill set to help them. And I just started helping people for free initially and making connections, getting the media opportunities and connected to clients and things like that. And so I think it's so meaningful to me because I think that a lot of people are suffering and they don't have to be. And I, I think that, you know, when, when these amazing entrepreneurs, experts, authors can share their work with the world. I really think that the world can be a better place. Yeah, that's interesting. So you're kind of a bridge builder in a sense. You're helping, oh, you're helping pe- people in need find people who can help them. Yes, exactly. So tell us about, so, so, so let's rewind because I know some of the listeners are probably in college or if not recently graduated. Where did you go to college? What did you major in? Uh, and what was your first job? Yeah, so I went to Columbia University in New York City. I majored in East Asian studies and concentrated in women's studies. And I just, you know, would find myself always writing, um, you know, articles and, you know, school papers about, you know, women and gender issues, social justice and things like that. And then I also had, you know, a passion for fashion and marketing. I mean, there were so many, you know, different things. Um, My very first job out of college was working for... um, a beauty company that was really focused on empowering women. And I was really drawn to that company specifically um, because of their messaging um, around empowering women and their foundation and things like that. So yeah, it was a, it was a PR um, assistant job at a beauty company. Was, what did you do? Like, what was your day like? I mean, basically <laughs> it wasn't very like intellectually stimulating, um, but we would send out, you know, physical products to the media. So it was like stocking the product closet. Like there were times that I felt like I was like a worker at Dwayne Reed, like, you know, putting like a cream on a shelf or that kind of thing. You know, I don't even remember all the specifics because it really wasn't um, very intellectually challenging, but also I wasn't even particularly good at it. You know, fortunately. I was planning a conference at the same time. I had graduated from Columbia in December. I had taken a semester off and I had a conference that um, I was launching in April and it was Columbia University's first undergraduate women in business conference. And so that was really what got me like excited and charged up. And I was using more kind of entrepreneurial skills, you know, bringing together 300 people and student leaders from 30 different top universities and recruiting speakers and sponsors. Um, And so actually as that really, that conference took off, there was a speaker there who wanted to hire me for her organization. So I stayed at the beauty company for just a couple of months, but I was, you know, unfortunately I was not a star there. I was not very good at like the admin stuff. I think that, I mean, I think it's important to note because, you know, in college, people, students are exposed to all sorts of, you know, big ideas. They might even have leadership roles in, in clubs and have amazing opportunities like you did to arrange a conference like that. And, and then, then you hit your sort of entry level job and there's a bit of a reality check. So I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, it was really hard for me. I mean, I guess I was much better at doing more of the advanced high level work and cr- coming up with like, you know, corporate sponsorship strategy and getting on the phone and recruiting sponsors and, you know, attracting like high level speakers and writing persuasive copy and doing like the, you know, the lower level admin work. 
you know, what well, was low level, I just wasn't good at it. And yeah, so it was good to be able to do multiple things at the same time, because I think that it can really affect our self-esteem if we're doing something and we realize like we're not that good at it or we don't feel good doing it. So what was the job that you had right before you started to do what you're doing now? Right before I started my own company, I was in graduate business school. And before that, I worked at a nonprofit. And that was a, it was a really good experience. But I was definitely very hard on myself. I feel like one of the things that I was, you know, I've always been this hardworking, intellectually smart person, but I was lacking certain, I guess, like maybe social and professional skills. Like I took I got hurt very easily. Like if I didn't do something perfectly, if my boss had feedback for me, I would take it so personally and, and get so upset. But anyway, so I did end up learning those skills. So you kind of have to, but it, it was wonderful. I was working at a nonprofit and I was doing marketing and fundraising. I was recruiting people to be you know, paid annual members to support our programs for, you know, underprivileged girls who are looking to, you know, advance in their, um, you know, schooling and in their careers. So it was great organizing events, rallying people together around a common cause. I had an opportunity to be really creative, develop some leadership skills. And I would also say that, you know, working at a nonprofit where you have very limited financial resources and human resources, it forces you to be creative and entrepreneurial and just kind of make things happen. So it's actually a great place to be before I started my business. Hmm, that's interesting. I, I've, I've never heard anyone talk about the benefits of working in a nonprofit sort of vis-a-vis entrepreneurship, but I can see that. And did yeah. you, and from there, did you, did you sort of move from your nonprofit to, you said, business school or what was the connection yeah. between that and what you're doing now? Yeah, exactly. You know, I went to business school because I had felt like I hit a glass ceiling at the nonprofit. It was also a very small organization. So the next level up would be to, you know, basically run the New York office to be the managing director. And um, I just felt like, you know, there was something out there for me. And I didn't, I didn't know what it was, but I wanted to discover what that would be. And I felt like business school would be a great way to be exposed to more opportunities, more people to really find myself. So yeah, so I went to business school for that. Um, one of the things I quickly found is that, you know, I personally felt different than a lot of people. A lot of them were, you know, pursuing like traditional corporate jobs. And I'd become clear that I didn't want to be, you know, at like a investment bank or a consulting company or a consumer packaged goods company. I wanted to do something a little bit more kind of startup-y and entrepreneurial. So I think it was helpful to be amongst, gosh, like several hundred other students and to kind of see how you're different because it, it, it makes it clear like what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. There are things I had to learn in business school that I found to be extremely difficult, like finance and even the type of marketing that they taught in business school is very different than the kind of marketing that I do or the marketing that's involved in getting the clients that I get today. So yeah, I found it really challenging. I don't, you know, to be totally honest, I am not really sure how the actual content I learned in business school has served me as a business owner today. But it was one of those experiences that was hard and challenging because I like was not good at the things that other people were good at. Um, and I think that also like grows personal character. Um, I mean, I still managed to get good grades because I'm always like, you know, a good student, but it, it was hard for me. Um, but I did have a lot of time during business school because I wasn't looking to pursue the traditional career path. And so I ended up working with um, a, an entrepreneur who had a successful 
business and I worked alongside her and I just got to see how I could really contribute to someone at her level. And it helped me uncover my potential. And through that and through relationships and networking, really kind of got me set up to eventually feel confident in starting my own business. And it sounds like you started your business sort of with, with a bit of serendipity, right? You said earlier that you were having some personal challenges and that you found some of the work that people out there were doing was helpful for you and that you wanted to try to make these bridges and that sort of started early on. Was it a business or were you just sort of kind of, I mean, tell us about that. This this is like the real seeds, the real origins of a business idea. Yeah. So also for me, um, it might be helpful for your listeners to know that I have, I've been on the U. I j- just got my green card um, after being in the U.S. for 22 years. So back when I was in business school, I was still on you know visas, and I didn't think that I actually could start my own company. I later learned that I could start a company for a year while I was on my um, opt- optional practical training as a student, and then I could you know the company could sponsor me, but I would need to be bringing in a certain amount of revenue and all of that. So that really opened up my eyes. Yeah. I mean, when I started my business, I was helping people with publicity and marketing execution work, you know, so someone had like a book launch or, you know, needed to get into the media, I would help with that. And then eventually I worked with a coach in a program called a mastermind program where there's other people in the group and you, you know, brainstorm, share ideas, feedback with each other, and then also get expert feedback from the coach. And she really um, encouraged me to go from doing purely execution work to doing publicity coaching. And so I did that. Um, and then I also... Let, let, me, let me pause though, because um, this is really interesting. You, how did you do that. So what do you, what, what you said, you, so, um, you said that in business school, you didn't necessarily learn anything that transferred directly. I guess you haven't had, I, I'm imagining you haven't in your story, you haven't told us that you've, you had sort of publicity coaching training. How, how did you, how'd you do it? How'd you know you're good at it? How did you do it? How, you know, how did you help people and so on? Yeah. So I actually did not really have publicity coaching training. I, I mean, I worked in PR briefly um, at the beauty company, but I was doing the lowest level work. Um, I think for me, you know, I'm the kind of person like when I'm really passionate about something, I want the whole world to know about it. And I'm really good at connecting people and I'm under, and understanding what people need and how to get their attention. So it was definitely a little bit self-taught in the beginning, but I would just start helping people. And it was like, I had the skills to help people. And so um, when I was in business school, I was supporting you know, like, like just helping for free, um, different people that I admired and they really believed in me and saw me as like the best at what I did. So that actually gave me confidence I didn't have before. So that is how I started my business. And then I, I took various online courses. Um, my, one of my main mentors, Ramit Sethi, um, had a variety of different courses, including one of them called earn one K. It was all about how to earn a thousand dollars on the side and set up, you know, a business as a, as a freelancer. Um, so I went through that course and really followed exactly, you know, what he said. And it was like those kind of online, you know, courses include, and these are like the courses that I've also, and now create, um, for my, my students, but those were the things that really helped me. I also um, joined certain online courses where there were Facebook groups and I got to connect with other entrepreneurs as they learned what I was doing. They're like, oh, I could use your help with that. And because I had supported so many people, 
in many cases for free and gotten them big results. Some of these were quite famous people in my space. Then, um, you know, they wanted to offer me when I, when I reached out, they were willing to offer me a testimonial and endorsement. And people are like, wow, all these people, you know, well-known notable people are endorsing Selena. I want to work with her. Um, so that's kind of how the business got off the ground. Oh, great. And uh, before I move on, I just have to ask, you mentioned that you're not from the U.S. Where where are you from originally? Yeah, so I grew up in Hong Kong and um, and I have a New Zealand passport. So and my family spends time between Bahamas and, the ca- and Canada. So lots of different places that I'm connected to. Wow, you're a cosmopolitan. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so stepping back from all this, what misconceptions do you think college students have about careers or about entering the workplace? Yeah. I mean, I think one thing is that like with your first job, and this doesn't sound great, but kind of accepting that it may not be your dream job. You know, when you're in university, like you get to choose a lot of things. You get to choose all the courses you take, the exact professor you want. Um, You get to choose which activities, you know, you're involved in. You can create your own projects, initiatives, whether it's like, I don't know, some festival or fashion show. There's just like so much room to be creative. And then in your first job, you're going to be learning, but in a different way. It might not just be like exactly what you want to do. Um, So I I think it's like, you know, just kind of understanding that a little bit. Um, You know, for me, I really believe, I mean, I I kind of advocate entrepreneurship. I know it's not for everyone, but I really like this idea that your dream job doesn't exist and you have to create your dream job actively. Um, In some cases, it will be like getting clear on where you can really add value to the company and maybe seeing if they can um, mold your job into something that, you know, feels great for you and that you're making a difference. Other times, you have to create it on your own and start your own thing. Um, But it's one of those things where, you know, you can't be passive because, you know, you'll get a job and then they'll give you certain things. And oftentimes it may not be the, the things that really light you up. But for me personally, I'm the kind of person where, you know, if I'm not happy in my job, I'm not happy in life. I know that's not a good thing, but that's just kind of me. Like I want to do meaningful work. And so, you know, not being passive and really making sure to advocate for yourself, getting clear on what you love doing, where you can add value and trying to make that your reality in your professional career. What keeps you up at night as a as a as a young business? Or you're not you know you're you're more experienced, but actually, how about this? What keeps you up at night? What kept you up at night as a as a young business owner when you first started? And then how about today? Yeah, I mean, I'm really ambitious, so I'm always like looking to achieve big goals. I was always looking to like double my revenue every year and hit certain huge milestones. So it was kind of like, how am I going to do it? (laughs) And also I do a lot of um, launches in my business. So they're like specific, you know, events, you know, where I'm doing a promotion or that kind of thing. And, you know, you never know how the promotion is going to do. So yeah, what would keep me up at night is just, you know, I guess, concern about whether I'm going to hit my big goals. Yeah. And and how about, um, you've, you've talked actually quite a bit about mentors. It sounds like you had a a mentor who was an entrepreneur who you worked with early on. You mentioned that entrepreneur who, who, um, whose courses you took online. Talk a bit about the role of mentorship in, in sort of guiding a career, especially a career that you didn't necessarily anticipate having. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think mentorship is one of the most important things when, you know, when you're, whether you are, um, you know, starting your first job or looking to launch your own business, there's a million things that you literally do not know. I do think it is valuable to actually have multiple mentors who can help you with different things. Also, sometimes people who are mentors could be people that you never actually talked to, but you've read their, read their books, you've listened to their podcasts, you've learned from them. And so, you know, I've had a combination of paid mentors where I've hired people um, so I can have access to them and ask them specific questions. You know, other times they are unpaid mentors. Um, sometimes it's colleagues of mine who are just a couple of steps ahead of me. So yeah, I always, you know, make sure to stay connected to other entrepreneurs who can support me and who I can support as well. What do you think makes for a good mentor? If you know, how do you, how do you know if someone would be a good mentor for you? Yeah, there are many different kinds of mentors. I think a good mentor is someone who is a good listener. I think a lot of times, you know, there are people who are like, well, this is how I did it. So this is how you should do it. And I do think that everyone's path is a little bit unique and there's, you know, different considerations. One might not do what you did because they don't have the same risk tolerance or they don't enjoy the things that you do. So I think a good mentor is someone who's really good at listening and also really good at asking questions and helping you form your own answers versus saying, this is the way you must do it. I mean, it it can be valuable for someone to definitely share, you know, specific strategies and advice and things like that, kind of more as a consultant. But I think a mentor, um, there's that fluidity where they're really empowering you to, you know, I guess, essentially be your own coach and make the best decisions for yourself. It's interesting. I was, I was on a, on a different note. I was, I was looking at your website before we talked and I noticed that, um, that you describe yourself as a, as, as introverted. And gosh, if, if I'm listening to what you do, it sounds like the most extroverted sort of niche of the world you could possibly imagine, like promoting, getting yourself out there, hustling for clients and so on. I think that's, that might be inspirational to people who are listening, who are introverted. Tell us a bit about, about, about that. Cause I think that's interesting. Yeah. Well, one thing I will say is I'm definitely someone who's a go-getter. I think that you can be an introverted and even like naturally shy or socially anxious person, but still be someone that has big dreams and is willing to take the actions to make them happen. Um, when it comes to the publicity work I do, because I do have I'm a handful of people that I will help them get publicity. You know, while I am putting myself out there, I'm doing this outreach. It's really coming from a place of passion and a place of purpose where I think their work is so important. And it, it, it's the passion and the difference I can make in the work world that's really fueling me. It's like the ideas versus the, oh, I want to be around people. Um, but if you, you know, if I was at a party and there's like eight people in a circle, I would definitely be the quiet person that doesn't say a word and listen. So yeah, so, so it is interesting. One thing I will say that is that, you know, with, my work right now and to, to have my business and to kind of hit the milestones I have because I ha- I've been in business for seven years right now and um, we've crossed like the multiple seven-figure mark in revenue, which kind of blows my mind because when I was working at a nonprofit, I was making about $40,000 a year and now we bring in, you know, a lot more um, as a business. Obviously, there's a lot of expenses, but, you know, even to be able to achieve those things and a lot of it has been doing things to get out of my comfort zone. And so I kind of, it's like a mindset, but I understand how important it is to do the things that scare you. 
And there are times there's like things that totally terrify me. I kind of feel nauseous. My body freezes up, you know, my mind and heart is racing. My knees are shaking. My legs are getting weak. Like I feel like my body is breaking down. I feel that in my body. And I, sometimes I wish like, why are you so sensitive, Selena? But you know, it is what it is. And then it's like, I do it anyways, because I know it's the right thing. So as an example, when I started my business, one of the scariest things for me to do was public speaking, but I had a vision of bringing people together and helping them with, you know, branding and marketing and really elevating, um, you know, their work in the marketplace. And part of it was because I had been benefited from being a part of this woman's life coaching group that changed my life. And so it was weird because on the one hand, when I was in business school, just right before, if I had to introduce myself to like a group of five people in a circle, I could like, I was nervous. I could not listen to what people were saying. I'm like, what am I going to say? Am I going to sound like a fool? And yet I had like decided to launch this two day workshop where I'd be teaching for two days and like even like 10 seconds was terrifying. So I think there's this interesting thing that I've been able to develop. And I think we all can where it's like, you know, well, one is doing the thing that scares us, but also like just really focusing on what is, what do you really care about? What do you want to create? And just going out there and doing it and knowing that you're going to be terrified and maybe you're going to make a fool of yourself, but you literally just do it anyways. I know that sounds like <laughs> weird because it, it was such a scary thing, but there's so many things I've had to do that are very terrifying to me. Um, but those are the things I'm most proud of and that have contributed to my growth. Like there's no way that I would have a multiple seven figure business if I only did the things that were comfortable and easy. I, I do think that we need to focus on our genius zone and maybe we spend, you know, 80% of, or 90% of our time in our genius zone, but the other 10 to 20%, if you really want to grow as a professional in the workplace or as an entrepreneur, you do have to challenge yourself. Well, that's a great note to end on. Very inspirational, insightful, and I really appreciate your coming on. Uh, if, if people want to uh, hear and learn more about you, where, where can they go? Yeah, I would love for them to visit my website, selenasue.com, where they can learn more. And I have different articles on my blog that I think they'll enjoy. I have an article called Confessions of a Highly Sensitive Entrepreneur, another article about 37 lessons I learned, you know, my 37 years of life. And I really try to open up and be really honest about the journey of entrepreneurship and, you know, doing what I can to create the best life for myself and others. Excellent. All right. Thanks so much, Selena. Yeah, thank you, Andy. Thank you for listening to From the Dorm Room to the Boardroom. If you're interested in learning more about the work that I do and helping people step outside their comfort zones and transition successfully into the professional world, please visit my website, www.andymolinsky.com. That's A-N-D-Y-M-O-L-I-N-S-K-Y.com. And also feel free to email me directly at Andy at andymolinsky.com with any feedback or ideas for guests for future podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Brandeis University's International Business School. By teaching rigorous business, finance, and economics, connecting students to best practices, and immersing them in international experiences, Brandeis International Business School prepares exceptional individuals from around the globe to become principled professionals in companies and public institutions worldwide. Thank you so much for listening.